0: Welcome to your mind is trying to kill you podcast. Join your host Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host Alexandros Megas.
1: Well, hello and welcome to the 40th episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandro Megas, And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, as per usual, we are arriving at our topic of our conversation. just Just now, just like a minute ago, perhaps as I'm talking with my friend, Vincent, here, because uh, we've seen that, and this happens This happens a lot, especially during times of uh, conflict, outer conflict and definitely inner conflict. We see a lot of people pointing fingers. We see a lot of people uh, calling out the evil of this world, On either side, you see, it it seems like people on the one side are pointing towards the evil on the other side, and people on the other side are pointing towards the evil on the other side. (laughs) So everyone is pointing towards uh, another kind of evil that definitely does not reside within themselves, right? So the question here begs to be, what is the question, my friend?
0: Well... I suppose it's simply, what is your capacity for darkness and evil? And is it something that's resident in us all, just waiting in the right conditions or wrong conditions to be unleashed? That's right. And I think this is actually extremely important.
1: That's an extremely important topic. Because if we're not familiar with that topic, then we can be completely misled when it comes to our behavior, our own empathy in the world, uh, our own ability to judge properly uh, what the right or wrong approaches are in the world. Can I walk a path of righteousness if I don't know? What what it's like to walk the path of the opposite, right? <clears throat> or, I should say, you know, a lot of people, because you, you know me, I've I've these kind of conversations I've had many times, and uh, I challenge people's minds into, you know, how um, I'm sure you've had these conversations too, um, you know, some weekend evening having a pint and and posing the question would you ever kill anyone (laughs) and uh of course most people that want to believe that they're righteous and they're they're good people you know they they would say of course not absolutely not and i say you know wow okay you wouldn't kill someone, perhaps that's true. But what, I ask you, would you do to the person that harmed your child? You see, you can only judge these types of uh, potential reactions by searching within yourself. You know, and the fact that you wouldn't be, ordinarily, you wouldn't be a psychopath, okay. Good for you. (laughs) That's what I say. Good for you. You wouldn't randomly go out there and chop something instead off. you are a good person. But there would be a circumstance in which you would be outraged and ready to do harm. And if you can't find that circumstance within you, then I think that you are dangerous. You're a dangerous kind of person. Because that means that you don't know you're not aware of your own capacity for wrongdoing, for
0: darkness. What What do you think? So how do you how do you uh, how do you see it as dangerous? I mean, I, I would see it as we all have the capacity to do it. Um, I mean, people are trained um, in armed forces to kill people. Um, we're Obviously, the circumstances you talk about, if somebody threatens our children or um, or us, um, there's a certain amount within us that we would react by doing it in, let's say, self-defense. Um, but when you say it's dangerous not to recognize that ability in you, what, what do you mean by that?
1: What I mean is, if you don't know... You see, you just mentioned the armed forces, and I know several people who, because I am in that circle, even as a martial, martial artist, are people who can actually do serious harm. And I can tell you this, and this is a guarantee the more clear you are on how capable you might be of taking someone's life or, or seriously hurting someone, the less likely it is that you would exercise that. It seems that the people who have that kind of capacity, very well pronounced are the people that are the most empathetic from what I can, from what I can gather. Because, mm. you know, it's, it's as they say, you know, um, uh, A good person is a strong and dangerous person who chooses not to do harm. You know, someone who is submissive and Mm. unable to handle themselves is the weasel that will feel so suppressed and so, uh, I don't know, a person who is submissive in life would generally feel within themselves that they are actually good people, see? Because they choose to, you know, like a pacifist type person. They choose to not engage in uh, hurtful behavior. I think these people are the most dangerous people because they, first of all, they don't have any understanding of their capacity for um, for wrongdoing, because they have swallowed their own bullshit in terms of not
0: choosing to be good. That, I don't know this makes sense. So are you saying <laughs> that that it's a little bit like the the worm that turned. So if someone is, feel so weak and downtrodden that they're the ones who are more likely to explode and do something harmful to other people um, in a kind of a random way. Is that what you mean? Well, yes. Partially that, but also the idea
1: that there's all these uh, people that point a finger at the world, you see, because if you don't within yourself, like, let's say that you're a weak human being and by weak, I mean, you don't necessarily consider yourself, you know, someone who is dangerous, someone who could do um, damage, let's say physically.
0: Yeah. So my my thinking on it is that um, I think there's definitely a capacity to harm someone, kill someone. Uh, That's obviously in us all. I mean, physically it's in us all. I think the capacity to do it sort of out of the blue is the kind of worrying um, trend if someone has that capacity and that tendency as well. But one of the things that that comes to mind for me, and I I was writing about it during the week, is um, that experiment um, that was done, the Milgram experiment, back in the 1960s when the guys were testing the capacity of ordinary people to um, do uh, well, basically to electrocute people in another room and um, just under instruction of um, a guy in a white coat. And it was all based around the idea of why so many colluded uh, and went along with the um, instructions that they were given by um, the German army, the Nazis, and um, to, to kill so many people and the experiment showed that um, people, if they're not connected with the other person that they're harming directly, and if they're being instructed by someone who they consider to be an authority figure, that it's like as if they put their normal human emotions and boundaries, leave it at the door. And they basically do it on, they they, they will do what they're told, even if it's very uh, damaging or even fatal to somebody else. And that asks, that for me, asks a lot of questions because the people that were being, went through this experiment were what you might say, were normal, reasonable, respectable people who probably um, in their normal day-to-day life were, um, you know, wouldn't harm anybody. But put them in a certain situation with an authority figure instructing them, and they have the capacity to um, to kill people. And that you know answers a lot of questions, I suppose, as to why mass atrocities happen. And it also for me raises the question as to what is the trigger? What is the line that people actually cross? when they actually do something like that, they go from, you know, they go in the door and they are person A and with a little bit of coaxing and goading they become person B and it's like as if they're able to detach themselves from the responsibility for doing it, I mean that was the thing that was particularly characterising of that experiment, it was like as if they couldn't see the person, they could hear someone screaming in the other room But uh, they were told to ignore it, and they went ahead anyway. And obviously a certain number of people stopped, but quite a number went all the way and supposedly delivered the fatal dose of um, electricity, uh, essentially on the basis that they were told to do it. And it was like they didn't have any responsibility in the act at all. So
1: this is a general misconception, right? You just said, and and it's very interesting, uh, and I'm glad you said that. How can someone, you said, how can someone step into a door as person A, and then on the other end, that someone becomes person B? And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's not what happens. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to connect that exactly to what I said in, in the very beginning a few minutes ago. The problem here is that the person doesn't know who they are because they haven't really delved into what it is that it means to be them. <clears throat> so with a little bit of probing, you get all the garbage, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, think of it this way. If you have a uh, if you have uh, one of those like little kiddie pools and you have it outside. So it's been raining and then, you know, there's all the mud that gets collected, right? And, you and know, it, it it's all sitting at the bottom and uh, seemingly the water is clear. But if someone takes a stick and starts like stirring up that water, what's going to happen? Every, all this mud's going to come to the top. Sure. So it's the same thing that happens to those people. You see, what because what happens? What happens if I don't know who I am? Because if, if I've spent zero time searching, soul searching, as they say, to, you know, attempting to find out what my capacities as a person are, because I've been preoccupied with bullshit all my life, you know, Okay, not necessarily bullshit, but everyday survival, Just put it this way, which is most people, most people's preoccupation, you know, but it's not just survival, but it's conditioning in general, you know, I have to, oh, I have to make sure I provide my family, but I also have to make sure I show uh, to the neighbor that I am a worthy citizen, you know, that I'm cool enough, I got all the good stuff, you know, too, I can do it as well. I can have good shit too, not just a neighbor. You know, we talked about that. <laughs> why do? Why shouldn't I have a Mercedes? So with the everyday preoccupation of the average person into fulfilling that kind of role, they have almost zero time, energy, capacity for delving into that nightmarish um, hole that is the subconscious mind and our capacity for anything, for reaction, for uh, obedience, for all this kind of stuff, which is what exactly, what is it exactly? It's defaulting back to being a little child. This is what these people uh, that participated in the Milgram experiment, this is what they accessed. This is what they Became they became little children.
0: So it's a, so it's a bit like they were um, they were back in school, and the teacher was telling them to do something, and they were just obeying. Is that that what you mean?
1: That's right, because because especially you know we we've, we've talked about the critical factor very very many times, mm. and the critical factor is uh, a function of the conscious mind, which is there. It's not there during the first approximately the first uh, seven years of age. and But it develops around that time. <clears throat> now, without the critical factor, the child is liable to not having the capacity to discern truth from lies. And if the person who comes to the child is a person of authority, or a person that, that the child genuinely likes, then they will, in either way, in the case, they will accept everything that they're told uh, as the truth, and they will become obedient. No questions asked. So what happens to these people is that they default to that state. Because if anyone finds the right kind of psychological trigger to make us um, scattered enough, to make us scared enough, to make us confused enough, then it's open season to to fuck with you. You see? Uh, Anyone can do anything they want with you. And this is some of the most interesting ways uh, to manipulate that are out there. Of course, mm. ways that uh, politicians and cult leaders and people of the sort have used time and time again with success, of course, because people are children. The masses are children. Uh, they, for all intents and purposes, they have never grown up. Why? because we we never step out of that uh, this society teaches us to never step out of that modality mental modality which is mommy and daddy because the mommy and daddy will be replaced by something else called your government or your doctor or you know you know what i mean so it's the same thing recycling over and over and over again
0: so we're taught we're taught to obey authority and that programming of obeying authority effectively is, is how we operate throughout our lives. It's just the nature of the authority may change from, uh, from time to time as you change jobs, or if you're standing in front of a surgeon or whatever, it's always take what this guy is saying to you and don't question it. Just go along with it. Including if he tells you that you've got six months to live obeying that as well.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, uh, it's amazing how people, the majority of the times, especially what, what you just said, how many people have gone to their graves because they have simply accepted that they're going to die and believe that they're going to die. There's no other way. You see, <clears throat> belief is power. Right? Belief is power. And unfortunately, with most people, the belief lies towards authority. Whether that's authority, that's the the scientific medical authority or the uh, governmental political authority. I was talking to someone a few days ago because I, you know, the, of course the political environment here, as you know, is is getting more tense by the minute. It's it's not like it's getting any better. It's actually getting worse. <clears throat> And the thing is that everyone sits back within their uh, the uh, knowledge of the authority that they trust and based on that they fight with one another you see they're like they're, mm. they're, people are fighting are fighting on behalf of authorities that they know nothing about You know, it's, it's pure, it's insanity. Or it's like being a, child. you know, children, you know how uh, children sometimes, you know, like uh, you play with your friends as a child, and then, you know, one child says, my daddy is, is, you know, he's got more money than your daddy. (laughs) And then you get upset. It's not true. You know, and you kind of like you get into an argument. You beat each other up because you're trying to you're trying to prove that your daddy is better than the other person's daddy. Right. So this is identifying with really with something that is outside of yourself. But since you have identified with it. You cannot separate it from yourself, so it's like it's just one thing.
0: But is there also not a um, I mean, one of the things that struck me about some of the legitimizing of, of um, extreme dangerous behavior is where you've got some guy saying that it's okay to go and shoot someone, and at the in the other hand, he has a Bible or Quran or whatever um book that he claims that he's doing this act in the name of this uh, particular religious authority or whatever other authority they choose to uh, do it under. Um, it's like as if, I think sim- similar to the that Milgram experiment, is that if an authority figure tells me to do it or if I do it in the name of supporting the authority figure, then it absolves me of personal responsibility. It's like as if, I'm doing what I believe as distinct from, you know, what I believe someone else would want me to do as distinct from, well, what do I actually want to do?
1: Right. Which is, Um, which is, is making you what, what does this make you a child is what what we talked about.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: uh, Just a few minutes ago, it turns you into a child. So most people, I would say what, We would classify as the masses, our children, our people that if pushed just a little bit, and this is why um, authorities and politicians can manipulate the masses so beautifully and masterfully, because they know how to push the buttons, because the buttons are so easy to push, because Mm. they've been there like ready it's like long hanginging fruit uh, for mm. forever
0: well it's it's the pro- the program is there you just have to tune in to the particular program and invoke some kind of trigger to uh, have that program fired up in people and and usually obviously fear is a is a great one to uh, fire up that particular program where fear induces the need to um Listen to authority because that's what we learned from our teacher when we were four and uh, we were told that we had to do what she told us and then if we didn't like it and we went home and told our parents that the teacher gave out to me today the, the parents would say well do what your teacher said so you were getting it from all angles that you needed to comply and fall into line with authorities so so that Programming is there in us all, really. The worst part about it is,
1: uh, you see, we're talking about this thing, and you you know exactly what we're talking about, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, I know that my government is no doubt to, to, to help me, because my government doesn't really give a shit about me. It's, it's just... It's a long, complex way of uh, milking me and and millions of other people. Because that's what the government has become. Uh, And of course, because of the lack of critical factor on behalf of the masses, on behalf of the people, most people think that their government are elected and they're there to help them do the best they can. And (laughs) I mean, this is a noble thought, of course you would love to believe that this is the case. But look at the evidence, man. I mean, holy shit, you know, for, what, decades even. I'm not just saying, look at the, you know, go back five years or ten. Go back a hundred years and see what your government has done for you. And then if you do that, you might recognize something that will be fairly disturbing. And that is... You are just a chicken, just a farm animal, as far as the government's concerned. Okay? So, but fear is the one thing. See, if if uh, the <laughs> if the army knocked on my door and said, blah, 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 we need you to do whatever, I would be scared too. I'd be scared. Of course I would be. But I would know these people are full of shit. You know what I mean? But most people are inclined, just like with the Milgram experiment, they're inclined to believe that that's the right thing to do, you see. Mm. And that is where the problem lies. Because we're not talking about people's ability to, to rebel against that authority. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people's ability to think critically and understand that whoever acts like that is not your friend, is not yeah, out that, to help you.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's it's um, even without necessarily identifying whether they're friends or not, but just been in a position to question and evaluate everything from the perspective of, does this make sense? And am I doing the right thing by going along with it or not going along with it? And I think part of the difficulty is that I suppose it's a little bit like, you know, walking into your house, you, you're comfortable in your house. So you, you walk confidently around it. Uh, especially, you know, if you come in after the day or whatever, you let yourself in and you, you walk confidently around it. And, you know it, and you know it well, and you will do the same in every house that you go into that you know well and that you're welcome in. But if you go into a stranger's house, you're not likely to do that. You will be, I suppose, uh, uncomfortable until such time as you're made feel comfortable. And it's like as if we're made the, the these people in authority, whether they're doctors, whether they're people in government, whoever they attempt to make us feel comfortable with accepting that they're here for us and that they are going to look out for us and they're going to do the right thing for us. And occasionally they might ask us to to do something which might be painful, but that's only because they're real and authentic and genuine people, but that effectively we trust them. And then because we do, we don't question anything they have to say. And the irony of it is that when the guy who does that, whether he's the leader or, you know, senior minister or whatever it might be, says all that and we go along with it. And then we find out a few years later that the guy's been on the take from, you know, a pharmaceutical company or from whatever. And he's he's shamed. We kind of go, oh, we knew that about him all along. You know, you how could you believe him? Sure. We knew he was a he was a chancer and a robber and a fraud. And yet. When he was in there and he was coming on, all earnest, uh, doing his uh, television address or whatever he did, we all accepted it and swallowed it because he was the person in authority and one of the people that we had come to trust. Um, And as you say, the evidence is there over and over and over again that these people in authority, it's not that they're all bad. But the idea that they wear the uniform or they have the badge or they have the letters after their name does not confer on them the automatic right for you or for them to expect you to just accept what they have to say. And yet we do that automatically. And I suppose what we're saying is what you need to be is that if you're ever in the Milgram experiment type situation, you need to have sufficient capacity to say, hang on a second, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to step away from this. And regardless of what you were urged to do by that person in authority, you still said, no, this doesn't feel right. I don't care who you are. I might respect that you're suggesting something else, but I'm taking my own responsibility and I'm going to do something different to what you say.
1: But what does it take to do that? It takes self Understanding. It takes self-knowledge. It takes the very rudimentary knowledge of your sovereignty as a human being. How many people do you think have that? Or how many people would they have that developed in a society that teaches... I mean, the the Milgram experiment is it's ridiculously crazy because these people didn't even like, it's not someone, it's not like someone put a gun to their heads, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> this is the crazy part about it. They were like, you know, it's part of the, whatever, it's part, it's part of the study. If these people get it wrong, you keep on apping the um, the electricity do- dose with which they were being electrocuted, right? So that's what you knew. and But it's not like anyone uh, forced you to do that and yet mm-hmm. most, nobody said, you know, got up and was like, fuck you, this is bullshit, you know, and walked out, right? I mean, it, it does And of course they thought it was real. It wasn't real, but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because for all intents and purposes, it was real. It was real for these people and these people didn't stop. See, this is why we're talking about, in the beginning, we talked about the ability to be righteous. or because Do you think that a person who was trained to be an assassin, ironically speaking now, someone who could be an assassin was in, in that kind of capacity. Do you think they would continue with the Milgram experiment? Or do you think they would get up and punch the Guy in the face and leave. Uh, I, th- I think that... I mean, of course, it all depends on your all ethical disposition. I suppose if you don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, but there is a certain idea of morals that doesn't even come from uh, religion. It, it doesn't even come from society. It just comes from within. And people, all they have to do is just connect with um, the universal law, if you will. What's the universal law? You know, I, I don't know. They, they say that even, to give an example, even a predator like, a, I don't know, like a lion or something, like it wouldn't interrupt a gazelle from drinking water, you know, to kill it and, and eat and you know, was cuz somehow that would be an unfair advantage or whatever. You know? I guess <clears throat> what I'm trying to say here is you do need to have an understanding of who you are and how what your depth is when it comes to how far you could go in life mm-hmm. and what what your uh, what your own understanding of your purpose in life is. Like my my ancestors, you know the, the Greeks, a uh, very, very pronounced uh, understanding of the fact that you never, you just never live on your on your knees. You know, you you're not. Know, this isn't life. You never bow down. <clears throat> and that's I mean, I'm not saying that that's what everybody should do, but. It is important to recognize what your allegiance is with any specific philosophy when it comes to who you are and who you will be when X happens. Because, like I said in the beginning, you wouldn't kill someone. Perhaps that's true. But what would you do to the person who killed your kid?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So it is important and I'm not suggesting that either, you know, if, if you could just be the person to forgive your kid's killer, good for you. I'm not suggesting that either or is is desirable. I'm just saying it is important that you know where you stand. It is important that you know who you are when it comes to this or that, you know, for, for when it comes to anything, you know.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, what strikes me about this is that in order to be reasonably confident of being able to decide for yourself what you're going to do in any situation, whether it be a Milgram experiment or any other extreme scenario, you kind of, as well as knowing who you are, you need to be well practiced in the process of critically evaluating things like incidents, situations that come up on a day-to-day basis. You need to be, it's almost like you need to proactively step in in front of your subconscious mind and the automatic response and go, hold on a minute, I need to think this through and I need to decide whether this, you know, whether buying an ice cream is right for me or not you know, uh, or whatever. But you need to be used to the practice of setting aside your automated programming because as we said, the, the, the programming to obey authority is there and has been developed in us all. So the only way that we're, we're going to have any kind of sense of being able to set it aside when we're put on the spot like that Milgram experiment is to know that you've practiced that exercise or that process on a pretty regular basis prior to that. And that you are able to do some independent thinking, um, rather than just going with going with the flow or going with what your, uh, your programming suggests that you do.
1: Exactly. So once again, uh, that suggests that it is not a, a trivial task to connect or start connecting, if you haven't, to the depths of your capacity, your soul, if you will. Uh, it's it's that's easy to do, you know. I mean, I, I I have been doing that for many years, just as an exercise, just bringing up hypotheticals, you know. Like if that happened, what would I do? You know. What I
0: mean? <laughs> so it's it's almost like a version of um, your your planning for going into an interview, and you're saying, what if he asks me that question? What would I say? Or what if he reacts this way? What would I say? You're kind of rehearsing it, um, and while you may not give those answers exactly, the fact that you have gone through the process means you're more likely to be able to handle them than you would be if you were caught like a rabbit in the headlights with the situation.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well, exactly, but that's that's the more, this is a soft version of, of something like okay. that because we're talking about, uh, in many cases, life driving, life uh, depending decisions that you might have to make. Sure. You know, and we with uh, practices, going back to the shamanism and shamanic practices, uh, ayahuasca or something like that, or or just meditating. But, you know, I'm talking about, uh, I'm referring to ayahuasca or practices like that because it intensifies, it just brings up certain things so much easier, so much faster. It's, It's so much faster to get to things that it might otherwise take you. You know, years to get to. So,
0: but that, but that, even that, I mean, whatever method you might use, it it has the prerequisite that you have made a decision to explore, to um, inquire into yourself and what lies beneath, and not just to know about what you would do if you were put in one of those life or death situations, but essentially to explore what what would go on in many situations what are, what is your programming what are your biases what are the the things that you're buried that are buried i mean that requires a particular decision to get involved in that and i think when we talk about many people let's say in the milgram experiment reverting to being children that's predominantly because not many people make a decision to go and do that inquiry and do that work
1: that's right because imagine if the majority of these people that participated had had done any kind of soul-searching and knew where they stand you know you have to know what kind of system governs your your spirit your psyche your your ability to respond to life you know you have to know that. You have to be aware of that. Uh, you, otherwise you're a hypocrite and you are an asshole. Because it's it's like the people who just look at me, just give me a look when they when I tell them that you know I killed my own turkeys or or roosters or whatever. You know, as if I'm like really cruel, you know, doing that. And and, and yet they, they think that they're all good, they, they feel good about themselves in the sense that they don't partake in that kind of horrible and, uh, uh, you know, almost, one might I'm say, bad. criminal activity, you know, violence. And they go to the supermarket and they just get it in the package. Right? Mm-hmm. So So, but I mean, anyone who thinks like that is majorly, majorly delusional. Because it's actually the exact, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to know who you are. If I raise a rooster and then I have to take that animal out, that is an extremely intimate act. And within that act, I take responsibility. And that's the difference between me and the average schmo who goes to the supermarket. And, and then, you know, goes back to the children and, and pray before uh, before dinner and feel righteous. And, uh, but, you know, that that to me is hypocrisy, you see, because if you can't take responsibility for your life, then you will never know what it takes to be out there and do what you need to do. And these are the people who usually default to being children when, when the shit hits the fan and one way or the other it always happens it will always happen to someone's life whether whether or not it's a it's a major global event as it is with something that we're facing currently or if it's just you know whatever a personal event circumstances you know something the, the shit hits the fan uh, at, at some point with everyone's life right and how do you respond to that are you equipped And when I say you're equipped, are you equipped psychologically? Are you equipped mentally, emotionally to deal with that? Because if you're not, then you will inevitably lose your shit and cause a lot of damage to a lot of people around you and yourself. You know, and and just to give you a more graphic example, it's as if... uh, you have a rookie doctor and uh, that hasn't like done any whatever surgery it's the first time and then someone brings like roll in someone who had like a mutilated limb or whatever and that doctor (laughs) loses their shit. like oh my god oh my god oh oh now you know in that moment what kind of help can this person be? Or would you even... Would you want a person like that? You yeah, know, op- operating on you, you know?
0: Really nice, really nice.
1: You know? I'd be like... I'd be slapping him with the other, you know, non-severed <laughs> limb. <laughs>
0: <clears throat>
1: uh, I'd, be like, I'd be like, get your shit together, man! Holy shit! Do what you're told! <laughs> do what you're supposed to do. So... It's not, it's not just about... It goes much deeper than obedience here. Of course, obedience is what we see on the surface. But obedience is only the result of a life that has not been developed, of a spirit that has not been developed, of an, almost an unconscious human being, someone who has lived their life on default, it's someone who has lived their lives on autopilot, which is what we talk about on every episode in order to avoid because living on autopilot means that you are an automaton, right? We talked about automatons last week. It is time. And I guess you know what to say. If, if you don't. If you don't do what's necessary to shape your own life, life will present you the circumstances in which you will have to. So, now I mean, you see people. You see people talk about talk about Milgram experiment. Man, fuck Milgram experiment. They, look what's happening around us. Yeah, people people are going and and um, they are snitching on on their neighbor. Who has their little business open? I mean, how Orwellian is that? You know, and they think they're actually doing, yeah, you know, they, they feel justified in that act. They feel like, oh, I did what's right. I because daddy and mommy said I should do that. You know, because it's not right. How dare you do what mommy and daddy said you shouldn't do? How dare you? Why? It's not it's not
0: right. <laughs> You're not supposed to do what daddy said you shouldn't do. And you're going to make Jesus cry too. It's like some of the reporting you hear on the, um, from the time of the SS occupation or the, the Stasi or the, the, the various um, secret police organizations in um, typically more communist kind of states, that this was the kind of infrastructure that they would built up Um, to have the uh, citizens reporting um, to them on each other in order to keep the control there. And here you see it going on um, in plain sight in the land of capitalism.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Do you think... I mean, this is... That's why I say, I think, that what's happening right now is actually a blessing. It's a blessing because it really... If anything, it's showing us the state of affairs within that—that that, uh, the state of our own inner consciousness. People being like that, people acting like children. And and by the way, why do you, what do you think uh, Hitler? Why did Hitler rely on the Hitler Youth so much? Right, motherfucker was smart. He wasn't stupid because he knew. The children are the best allies you can have when it comes to obedience. And those children, if they believe in you, if they believe that you are really their daddy, they will go up against their own parents. And they did. They would snitch on their parents, you know, with risking them being executed. I mean, how? what the fuck? Do you understand how fucked up that is? It's like, what is giving you a glimpse of who you are as a human being at that moment? You know, you are just a trained dog, man. You are a trained dog, trained to kill, trained to, you know, search and retrieve or whatever. You're a dog. You're not a human being. And unfortunately, you know, most people are like that. So, uh, we, and we see it. Wow, I, I wonder where this is going to go. Because this, what what's going on right now, is going to be a huge global Milgram experiment, I think. I predict, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, or even the Stanford prison experiment, because it's of a similar nature. Yeah, yeah. You know, you take a group of people that are from the same, the same kind of people. You know, you take me and you, you make me the guard and you the prisoner. Then I start assuming my identity as a guard and beat the shit out of you (laughs) for no reason at all. Because I'm a guard. That's my job. You see, it's my job to make you (laughs) obedient. You're supposed to do what I tell you because... That's my identity. So, it's, it's you know, in concluding with this, you know, because we don't want to beat a dead horse. (laughs) It's extremely important to ask yourself, who am I? Or as I ask myself, who the fuck am I? (laughs) You know? And, uh, you know, Lord knows I have done very many things to push myself towards um, either acting in ways I never thought I would, or exploring the possibility of acting in ways I never thought I would, mentally and emotionally. And let me tell you something, my brother. I have found that in every single case, if I'm pushed out of my boundaries, I learn something about myself. And what I can say almost with 100% certainty is that every time that this happened, I learned that I was living a lie before. I was, I thought, oh, I thought that that was, you know, I thought that that was true, that what I was taught, it was the truth. you know. And then I realized, of course, how do you learn? How do you learn whether or not something that society taught you to be is true or not? You have to find yourself... Outside of that boundary. Somehow. You know. If you can make it be uh, imaginary in your imagination. Good for you. Because then. I mean. You can. You don't have to actually risk. You know. Real damage. But. Either way. By stepping outside of my own boundaries. I found out that my life. I mean. From where I started. Holy shit my life has been had been filled with lies and bullshit that I uh obeyed to for several years because I thought that was that was you know it was the right thing to do in the very similar fashion that the people in the Milgram experiment did. How many things and this is the moral of the story how many things that you do on a daily basis do you do based on your conditioning which is to say uh based on what you've been taught you should do what you've been taught is right what you've been taught is wrong out uh, instead of you having your own personal experience in the matter
0: i think i think the other thing uh, which takes up on the um the theme of last week about the automaton um concept is How many things do you do during the day where you stop and ask, is this the right thing to do? And it may be something very simple, but where you stop and ask as distinct from do subconsciously, automatically, without thinking. Because if you were to, the more you stop and ask, the more conscious, the more aware you'll be. And the more aware you are, the better you are able to handle some of these big decisions that you might be asked to to answer or to decide upon when they're put in front of you. I think if we're used to behaving like automatons and just doing things by rote, we're pretty much slam-dunk candidates to, to do exactly the same as most of those people in that experiment did and electrocute the shit out of the people that were... Supposedly in the other side of the room. So it's. I think we said it before, the way you, you find yourself, the way that you connect with yourself as an individual is to be curious, question things and find the problems to, instead of avoiding problems, which is what we tend to do and staying within our comfort zone, find the problems and face up to the challenges and, and look to see if you can solve them. Because that's that's a not that's not an ordinary life to do that. And I think the more you do it, and the more you break the pattern of automatic behavior, the more interesting a life you're gonna have. Absolutely,
1: not just interesting, but fulfilling. And after all, isn't that why we're here? Absolutely. So, what's your final word? My final word is that you you have uh, this amazing piece
0: of art behind you, and. Uh, you noticed? I did. It's awesome. From the US of A during the week. What's the story behind it? I hear you might know who did it.
1: <laughs> I have a faint idea, but do I really? You see, because whoever did that cannot take um, credit for for the entire piece. Because <clears throat> once again, my art is uh, a tool for me to extract these pieces, these pieces of information that come through me, uh, and I learn a lot from creating these pieces because they come through me. It's it's almost almost entirely uh, channeled, one might say. Mm. So this is. Uh, this actually is my my front yard. I don't know if I don't know if you knew that. I I
0: suspected it was.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was a it was a dream. It was a dream that uh, I saw that exact situation, which is actually very close to what it looks like now, because we just got a, a first snow here.
0: I'll actually I'll, I'm I'm gonna go back so as you can see the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I saw this giant moon and uh, the reflection of it on the pond, and there was a person sitting by the side of the pond, and that person to me was one might call her a witch, or or you know uh, some sort of a learned person um, in the ways of. Uh, of witchcraft or esotericism or arch- alchemy, and this is about, as far as I'm concerned, um, and of course the moon is is all about uh, emotions. The moon and the water, right? Moon's all about emotions and dealing with your emotions, your dark emotions, and water even more so. So it's it's amazing to me that you chose this piece because. Uh, it shows that your proclivity is that kind of research inner search for which I salute you that's that's a noble quest uh not for the faint of heart though <clears throat> you know
0: i was told I was told by um by an astrologer that I occasionally go to that I had a propensity to um Investigate the dark side, the dark underbelly of of life.
1: (laughs) Well, this is all about that. So it's it's about your dreams. It's about uh, hidden subconscious uh, desires or subconscious uh, programs that you need to explore and eradicate or enhance depending on whether they serve you or not. And it's about you becoming that warlock, that uh, alchemist. That person ultimately is you over there by the side of um, the pond and is looking in what? Reflection. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, it's self-reflection. It's a reflection of your subconscious mind. So it's awesome. I love to see it. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Good for you. I I would be happy to to know that if you if you take down any notes on uh, how you feel on any given day, if you get any insights just by looking at this, meditating with it, and that would be very interesting to hear. Okay,
0: okay I'll do that.
1: Perfect. So, one hundred percent. Subconscious exploration with today's topic. Uh, the final thoughts is do not be a child. Don't be a child in the way that you live your life.
0: Don't be an obedient child. Be a curious child. if You're going to be a child at all.
1: That's right. Yeah. And what I mean, right. I didn't, I meant it in the way of uh, obedience. Yeah. Um, don't, don't accept anything without questioning anything, no matter where it comes from, including (laughs) this source, of course. Absolutely. And be sure that this world, this life, is going to get to test you, perhaps very soon, as to your capacity, your own capacity of committing acts that were unthinkable to you prior to getting through these circumstances. That's why it is so much more important to allow yourself to step there, to get there before you get there. Or as in the way that uh, the esoteric sciences and and um, meditation uh, practices and all this kind of work goes, it's all about dying before you die so that you can be prepared. So... Prepare yourself for who you are and who you will be when things switch from what you think they are to what they really are. So here it is, my friend. And uh, as we always say,
0: until next week, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show, and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favour if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.